0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. This show is brought to you by Navman, and they have been a sponsor of this show since the very, very beginning. Uh, episode zero, Navman was signed up and ready to go. And actually, one of the great things that I want to let you know about today is that I have a discount code from Navman that you can apply. Now, you'll actually get 20% off at checkout when you go to navman.com.au. Uh, right now, for example, I'm looking at the MyView 760. Uh, it's a dash cam, and I think it's one of the one of the greater ones that I have tested. Tested. it does 4k video recording it's got wi-fi built in gps tags all your videos and things like that just a simple unit that you can put in the car it's got the screen so you can even watch playback on the device itself it retails for 269 however using the discount code uncorked as you understand why uncorked will give you 20 percent off which makes it 215 dollars and 20 cents I mean, just having that is fantastic. And I know it's not Christmas time right now, but if you've got a birthday coming up, or even if it's just for yourself, why not save yourself some money? Use the discount code UNCORKED at checkout. 20% off from Navman. Thank you so much for this, guys. And uh, look, you're welcome to make use of it. Tell your friends. Navman.com.au right now look as always I've poured myself a lovely glass of wine and this one is quite interesting actually it's from Cellermasters obviously and they've sent me this bottle it's a biodynamic wine and for me I never really pay a lot of attention to what biodynamic means or organic wines and things like that I mean I generally really focus on the taste however I have been told that actually with these kinds of wines with all you know the, with less pesticides used and things like that that you actually tend to have a, less of a hangover the next day if you really do drink a lot of it. Anyway, beyond all that, does it taste any good? This particular bottle is a Shiraz. Now, it is a Shiraz. I want to make sure I get the name right. It's the Paxton. Pollinator Shiraz from McLaren Vale. Now, 2017, from what I've been reading, it actually was a fantastic year down in McLaren Vale. had some really good weather, so the grapes turned out fantastically. Now, I have to say, though, I found this red wine to be quite tannic, a a little bit acidic. So when you have it, you're like, ah, 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 it's in the back of your mouth. Uh, So I had to have this with food before I was really, really enjoying it. So a bit of a tip there. If you you are finding a wine a little bit too much or a bit too rich for you, uh, enjoying it with food tends to be the way to do it. There are some wines that taste fantastic on their own. But for me, uh, I would hope to be having this with a meal. I actually enjoyed it tonight with lasagna uh, and it paired perfectly with it. And actually, when I'm looking at the tasting notes, it's one of the recommendations from Cellar Masters is uh, lasagna or rich beef and red wine casserole. I mean, hello. So do check it out from Cellarmasters. Masters. This is actually a pretty reasonably priced bottle as well. We're talking about starting from 24 bucks a bottle. Not bad. Enjoy it. It is biodynamic if that's important to you. But for me, it's the taste. And for me, it tastes fantastic with food. Check it out. All right. Now, look, it has been a pretty wild week. And the reason I'm talking about that is because of the coronavirus. Now, uh, everyone will obviously know what that is and what it means. However, for me, it's actually it's starting to impact my my life in terms of my trips. I'm not I'm not sick or anything like that. I'm not in quarantine. Uh, and I'm all grateful for all those things. However, it's really screwing with some certain things that I've had planned. Now, to give you some idea, um, I had three trips planned in the last few weeks. One, uh, was a cruise, a cruise with Princess to check out some new technology that they were launching on their ships. I love cruising. Was pretty excited to go and do that. Uh, that media component of the trip was cancelled. Obviously, they've got that trip, that ship stuck in Japan at the moment. Bit of a bad time to be launching new technology and having some press around that. So that that trip was cancelled. Bit of a shame. Now, oh, and then there was also a trip I was going to China um, in March with with my actual day job. Completely understand why that was cancelled. That one makes a lot of sense. Um, however. Mobile World Congress, and this is where it gets related to tech and how it's really impacted impacted the tech industry. Mobile World Congress is the largest mobile event of the year. When we talk about CES, generally we're focused around home entertainment, televisions. Yes, there may be a phone or two, but it's not really about that. So CES was obviously fine. Mobile World Congress, I've never been to before. And for me, uh, I've never really made the time to go. I have been offered in the past. But anyway, this time I took the opportunity. I said, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go to Mobile World Congress. Let's try and do a big bang like we did at CES. And then it started to trickle through around this coronavirus. LG decided to pull out. ZTE, they canceled their press conference. Sony quit. NVIDIA quit. Amazon leaves. Amazon leaves. Alcatel says they're only doing interviews and booth tours. Ericsson quits, Intel quits, Um, HMD, Nokia, they all just start to fall like dominoes. And then this morning, I wake up and the whole event has been cancelled. GSMA, the company which runs Mobile World Congress, has cancelled the whole event. Um, Yes, huge impact. Now, not just a huge impact, you can imagine the impact on companies. They have had years to prepare for this event. They're developing products. This is their time to announce to the world their new smartphone or something. And they've probably got so much organized in terms of their booths that they're building. I can just imagine if I think about CES, I know how grand they are and how important they are to the brands that we're a week away. We're a week away from the event and it's been canceled. So anyone who was actually trying to stick it out and make this a successful event for them in their product launch now have to make alternative arrangements. Super interesting. The company that was sending me, Huawei, um, they weren't one of the ones that were willing to actually cancel. They were hoping to be there. They weren't sending anybody um, from China. They were just using European and American staff to run the show. And it was going to be their way of of trying to make good or try and make the best of the situation that was there. So I was completely comfortable in, in going. Now, in saying that too, I've also had, and I think I can talk about all this. Sometimes I I give you guys a huge look behind the curtain. I wonder if I'm stepping over someone's toes, but um, I've also been invited to local events. So sometimes before a product is launched overseas or announced overseas, the local branch will actually invite you to come in, sign an NDA. Um, Then you see a product which will actually be announced maybe a week from now. Um, So HMD was one of those companies who, if if you don't know, HMD has been making um, Nokia products. So if you see those Nokia products in store Today, HMD is actually making those. Now, they invited me to a local briefing in Sydney. I was like, No, I'm good because I'm going to be there anyway, so don't worry about it. They've actually also cancelled the local briefing. So, what that tells me now is that even with Mobile World Congress cancelled, the products that were planned to originally be announced also seem to have been delayed. So, if you were a brand, and you were planning to announce something at Mobile or Congress, you are now actually potentially reconsidering when you actually choose to announce it, which for me is fascinating that if you've got a product ready because it was going to be announced in a week's time, why would you hold it back? I mean, I assume you would, I don't know, have some fancy YouTube live video and invite all the media to watch that video. And that's how they find out about the product to do some, some fancy remote uh, meeting. I think that's what I would do. I mean, if you think about when Apple launched the device, they only fit a certain amount of people into their theaters and then every other person in the media who doesn't get to fly over to somewhere in the US, they watch it on their Apple TV or they watch or they stream it. Like that's just a normal thing. So I'm surprised that when it comes to to this event, it almost has given everyone a choice now as to when they do decide to have their their product launch. Maybe they'll have a separate event where they fly media to a certain place. Uh, this is fascinating. So, the, the interesting part as well is I was also planning on taking a detour on my way to Barcelona. Um, if you don't know, I have a Maltese background. was planning to go to Malta. I've got some family there. I really wanted to get over there and spend some time with them for a couple of days before going to Barcelona. So, if the whole trip is cancelled, I miss out on that as well, which is a bit of a shame. Um, And I'm a bit of a silly bugger because I've also planned some media um, in Malta while I was there, which meant I I I haven't canceled that yet, but at the time of recording, um, I'm still going. So this is the weirdest part is Huawei have not canceled. They have not canceled everything. So they're at the moment, um, literally at this time of recording, uh, still going ahead, as in fly to Barcelona, have a press conference with Huawei, play with whatever new products they announce and come home. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with it. For me, if it does happen, guess where I'm going? I'm going to the halls where Mobile World Congress definitely would have some stuff still set up. I'm picturing Fire Festival. If you haven't seen that Netflix documentary, I'm, I'm waiting to go to the event that never happened. And I wanted to go and find a Mobile World Congress 2020 banner and roll it up and take it home. Like, it's going to be really bizarre. It's going to be like getting to a place where the meal is half cooked and then all of a sudden the power goes out and the place is evacuated. I want to go and eat. And And taste and see what it actually was going to look like so um, yeah I get this whole virus concern and stuff like that but if we're being really really honest I just look I'm not a doctor but I was ready to go and I'm still ready to go if it does if the opportunity presents itself I'm going to go and see what happens I mean that's what uh, that's what it's all about. All right. Now, obviously, we're going to be talking about Samsung today, and I know that you know they made some huge announcements this week, and we're we'll getting into that. But there's also been some other announcements that I wanted to cover off really quickly first. Now, Amazon did announce a new Echo Show. Now, for those who don't know, uh, an Echo Show is pretty much what looks like, imagine a smartphone that was perfectly positioned on a stand, um, but is actually meant to sit there forever. So this is a touchscreen device that is also a smart speaker that you can interact with on the screen itself. Um, It's like talking to a smart speaker, but having a visualization component to it as well. So instead of saying, you know, Alexa, uh, what's the weather tomorrow? You could actually be saying, look, Alexa, show me the weather tomorrow. And you'd actually get this display on screen where you can see time or days of the week with the weather forecast as the most basic example. Um, If you've got security cameras or you've got a ring doorbell, you know, Alexa, show me who's at the door. Alexa, show me um, the back deck, those sort of things. And it will open up that camera footage immediately and live stream it to your device. It's a a really great product. I've got the the Google Nest, um, the Nest Hub Max, whatever it's called, the big one, um, the 10-inch screen in the kitchen, and I love it. It's one of those awesome devices that we use every single day, not just to play music or to ask the weather, but even just to show you YouTube videos and stuff, which is fantastic. In the bedroom, I actually do have a very small Echo device. It's it's the round one. It's not sold anymore, so I'm not going to even try and remember the name, Um, but I love that. It's a fantastic alarm clock. It's great for controlling my smart home devices like my lamps and things like that so it's great to have in the bedroom now this one is an eight inch screen obviously we we echo show eight you can understand where that name comes from however when i think about this we're talking about a product that is going to retail for 229 dollars at the moment because it's just been a a new product they're actually selling it for 114 dollars which is to me extremely extremely cheap You have to really think about if you're going to have a smart speaker, that's fantastic when you're walking past it and just keep moving. the the screen type of device like this is so fantastic to be positioned on a desk, to be positioned on a bedside table or in the kitchen. I haven't seen this this one yet and they're going to send it to me to try out. Having the 10 inch one in the kitchen I think is the right size. Having something small in the bedroom makes a lot of sense. Do I want an 8 inch screen in the bedroom though? That may actually feel too big. So where do I think this could sit? I actually think it sits on a desk and and that's where I'm probably going to put it right next to me here where I am sitting recording right now. Having that... That little device next to me so that I can still see the time, I can always see the weather, but then I could just you know have it do something while I'm working away, and it could just be you know checking who's at the front door, it could be playing me a, a YouTube video, whatever it is. I think that's going to be really handy. To give you guys some context, the Echo Show 5 um, is a product that you can buy, it looks almost identical, obviously, just physically smaller, $129. Then there's the Echo Show, which is basically a very strong competitor to the Nest Hub Max that I that I currently use in the kitchen. That one has a 10 inch screen, and that one is $350. So this one is trying to hit that sweet spot in the middle. Uh, I like it. I'm just going to have to get my hands on it to see exactly where it fits in the home. It's not a portable device, so you're not taking it anywhere else. It doesn't run on batteries, so literally you can't even take it outside to put it near the barbecue. This has to have a home, and I always think about all their range and what situation it belongs in. And When you are giving people advice around around products, you have to think about real-time or real-world use cases, not just about, oh my God, it's a great product. Well, why is it, and where does it belong? Uh, so I'll tell you all about that later. However, if you're interested before February twenty sixth, yes, if you order it before the sorry the twenty sixth, yeah, if you order it before the twenty sixth, you can get it for one hundred and fifteen bucks, which I think is a cracker of a deal, and that's without using it. That that's just knowing what it's capable of. All right, now I did mention that there were some trips that I've been having to go on and then they all get canceled and things like that. One of those trips that I said no to was going to Samsung Unpacked. Now, Samsung Unpacked, I said no to it because I was literally going to be going to Mobile World Congress uh, shortly after. couldn't take too much time off work anyway. Unpacked is where Samsung decides to announce their flagship phones and usually something else along the way. It was going to be held in San Francisco. In fact, it was and it happened this week. What they announced was really interesting. We've got a huge range of phones and there's also a pair of headphones. Now, I'm gonna start with the headphones and work our way up. The Samsung Galaxy Buds Plus. Now, this really is, they have had a pair of these before, but this really is their hit and swing at Apple AirPods. It's their foot in the ground to say, no, us too. You know We can make wireless headphones as well. We think these are a great companion with a smartphone and it's their stake in the ground. Now, the Buds Plus is really interesting because um, they're really harping on about the battery life. So let me talk about some specs first, and then we'll, we'll see where it actually fits. 11 hours of playback in the buds themselves. So you take them out of the case, put them on. You can go all day. You could literally, if you wake up in the morning, press play on a song and have it on repeat for 11 hours and not have to put it back in a case. That's a lot. 11 hours at a pair of buds is extremely impressive. However, If you're looking at making calls, you've got seven and a half hours of talk time. That's a very long conference call or whatever the heck it is. And then you put it back in the case and it will recharge them fully, which means that effectively you would have 22 hours of use before you need to recharge the whole kit and caboodle, right? So you can imagine use it for all day if you really want to, stick it back in the case. The next, By the time you're going to wear them again, you've got a whole other day's worth of, of audio. It's a lot. I mean, the battery life is extremely impressive in this. So that's a huge thing I love about them. They do have a wireless charging case as well, which is fantastic to see given that Apple has had that with their AirPods that you can get the wireless charging case. And I love it. The reason I love that is because I put up on my bedside table where I have a wireless charger. I put up my desk where I have a wireless charger. I'm not looking for cords. I'm not looking to fiddle with anything. You just chuck it on a mat and it's Starts to recharge. Obviously, we have seen last year the Samsung Galaxy S10 had reverse wireless charging, which meant that you could use your smartphone to charge these well, to charge wireless headphones. And that means that with this case, you could effectively charge them with a smartphone. Huawei have reverse wireless charging as well. You could also charge these Galaxy Buds Plus with those. So fantastic. It's got wired and wireless charging. I think that's fantastic. Really good. Now, the sound on these these things are from AKG. AKG has been working with Samsung for a long time when it comes to headphones. They've got some really nice products, and I expect that these will sound good. Again, we need to try them. Uh, But we're talking about two-way speakers in there. They've got a little woofer, a little tweeter. Like these are tiny, tiny buds. They've got three microphones on them. So they do some beam forming to try and block out ambient noise while you're actually talking to somebody on the phone. Um, And also come in different colors. So we're talking about like this blue, a white, and a black. Uh, I do like this. Now, the other thing I like about this is it will work with any device, iOS, Android, it will work. Apple AirPods, not so much. I mean, they, they do work, but it's terrible experience on an Android device. So where does this actually sit? At $299, this sits at the right spot. It sits bang on where everything else is. Uh, If you haven't seen it, I wrote an article for The Australian literally comparing this with the Jabra 75Ts and the Apple AirPods with the wireless charging case. So I really made sure it was quite match for match. Obviously, Apple have the AirPods Pro with noise cancelling at $399. So I can't compare them to this when it's $100 less. I would have loved to have seen Samsung make a pair with noise cancelling. I think it's really sad that they haven't added that technology in. It would have made it a really compelling product to really squash everything that Apple's doing in that space, or at least to compete with them. Uh, I love the AirPods Pro. I think they are sensational. I think they do a stellar job of what they do. Um, Yes, it is an extra $100 though. So if your budget is restricted at $299, the Jabra 75Ts, they are $299 as well. And they do sound pretty darn good. i'm 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 still using them, which has been a, an impressive thing to say. as much as I love my airPods. I'm still using the seventy five Ts. I think they play music much better than the airPods do. They just don't have the noise cancelling feature which i which I miss at times. So I can't wait to try these and really go head to head across the range and see which one stands up best. But if you're interested in a pair of buds, you can go ahead and do it. and you can actually get one for free if you pre-order the phone I'm about to talk about next. All right, now Samsung announced the Galaxy S20. It may have been leaked like a terrible sieve. I mean, honestly, we knew everything about these devices before they even got on stage. And in some cases, they even played ads for these devices before they got on stage. So let's go through what they announced. They announced a range of phones. Now, when you just say Galaxy S20, that is their base model phone. Okay, so S20 going up to an S20 Plus and then there is an S20 Ultra. Now, even within that, there is also 5G versions of them all. So S20, S20 5G, S20 Plus, S20 5G, uh, S20 Ultra 5G. Yeah, so the, sorry, the Ultra is actually 5G only. That one is 5G. That one doesn't have a 4G variant. So I was confused I'm looking at the, the whole list of phones here. Um, the reason that I stumbled is because they've also got size factors in that as well. So storage. So let me go through this. So The base model, Galaxy S20, um, has 8GB of RAM and 128GB of onboard storage out of the box it still actually has a micro SD card slot too. So you can expand your memory even further, which I do love. And I love that they do that. But first of all, did I just say 12? Sorry, I just said eight gig of RAM. That's a hell of a lot of RAM in a phone. We're talking about a smartphone here, eight gig of RAM. I won't even touch on the fact that the ultra 5G has double that. Double. So, Let's go. Let's go through it. I'm sorry that I'm. I'm so. I'm actually quite excited by this. I'm. I'm really excited as what Samsung has done here. So we've got this huge range of phones. The S20 with eight gb 128 gb of RAM. It's got a single SIM. It's got an eSIM. It comes in the the standard three colors. It's got grey, blue, and a pink. If you're into it, if you're into that. And then you've got the 5G. They have more RAM in the 5G version. And I I assume that's obviously to run the extra processing that's required with that. Um, Same amount of storage, same colors, same sort of SIM specifications. It costs you an extra $150 to have the 5G version. And that's pretty much across the whole range. So if you are sort of tossing up between whether to get a 4G smartphone or a 5G smartphone, Samsung has pretty much laid out the fact that it's going to be an extra $150 for the luxury. So I get that s20 plus 8 gig of ram 128 gigs of storage they've also got the 5g version which has 12 gigs of ram 120 gigs of storage you, you see where i'm going here then the 5g s20 plus 5g um, also comes in a 512 gig version if you want a, like, a lot of extra storage without the micro sd card slot and then the ultra the ultra is at the top of the line a 16 gig of ram device with 512 gigs of storage it's two thousand two hundred and forty nine dollars in Australia and I'm trying to find the figure here it's it's not that well in the US, it's obviously their most expensive phone as well. That's not a big deal. However, let's get into this. So screen sizes also vary as well. So at the base, 6.2 inch. At the ultra size, 6.9 inch. So we're talking about a big screen. We're talking about big, big, big. How it compares to an iPhone. A lot of people have been asking me that. The base model iPhone, which is actually the one that I use as my daily driver, has a 6.1 inch screen. I kind of love that size. I've gotten really used to that size. If you like bigger phones then the um, iPhone 11 Pro Max. Is 6.5. So with the Galaxy S20 Ultra 6.9, that's going to be extremely noticeable. I think that's going to be really noticeable. I think it's going to feel big. I think it's going to really look big. Yes, we know it goes edge to edge, but you know what? The iPhone does that too. So I don't think we're going to be factoring in real dimensions here. And if I do that, okay, let me let me do that. I'll bring up the numbers here. If I'm going to go dimensions on dimensions, uh, let's talk about their biggest one. We're talking about 8.8 millimeters thick. The iPhone 11 Pro Max is 8.1, you know, marginal, super marginal in terms of height. Here's where it gets interesting. Um, 166 millimeters in height on the S20 Ultra and 158 millimeters in height on the Pro Max. So that's where you can see where it's got the bigger nose. I think that's where it's important to pay attention. So really interesting stuff. Now, the weight is also interesting, too, because um, 163 grams for the S20, so it's quite light compared to the iPhone 11 at 194. Wouldn't have factored that in. What I love in the Ultra, obviously being a much bigger device, 5,000 milliamp hour battery, that's a big dog. It actually should get you through the whole day without a problem. I think this is just a powerhouse phone. I think they're just showing off here. However, the cameras is really where it gets crazy. Okay, so cameras is banana town in the highest end is where it gets so crazy. And I want to talk about uh, talk about that first and work our way down. The S20 Ultra has a 108 megapixel camera on the back. It also has a 48 megapixel camera camera on the back, which is your telephoto lens. It's got a 12 megapixel ultra wide lens, and then it's got the time of flight depth camera as well. The reason they've put this 108 megapixel camera is because they want to allow extreme amounts of zoom. So you could point it at the moon and you can try and see Neil Armstrong's flag just sitting there waving away. That's really what they are probably trying to go for. That, that zoom factor. We saw it before with Huawei on their, on their P30 Pro. You could really produce some great photos from a long way away, and not, not stuff that you're going to print and make billboards out of, but something that you could actually feel like you're much closer with that photo and still get a pretty good photo to post online and share. I think that's the whole point. Down the the cheaper end of the scale, you're still going to get your 12-megapixel wide-angle camera, a 64-megapixel telephoto, and a 12-megapixel ultra-wide camera. For the most majority, that's enough. Like That's going to be totally fine, not going to be a problem. You're still going to have that that telephoto-type zoom, which you can do a lot with, maybe not the whole moon factor, um, but I think that's still going to be very, very useful. On the front, this again. The most expensive one or the S20 Ultra, 40 megapixel camera on the front because we need to see the pores in your face. And then the cheaper end, a 10 megapixel camera, which is still a really nice little little thing to have built into it. Um, They still have their fingerprint sensor built into the screen. Fantastic to see. IP68 water rating, which is the same as iPhones. Uh, Wireless charging, yes. And with the reverse wireless charging, I think the fact that it supports 5G or that there is a 5G variant across the range, it's so good to see. At $150 extra, if you're going to keep this phone for three years, four years, whatever the case is, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to go and do that, get the 5G version, be on the right network whenever it's ready in your area, or if you do go to the cities, wherever you find 5G, at least you can make use of it. I think if you're making the investment, an extra $150 on these smartphones makes a lot of sense obviously, I don't have a device with me. I can't wait to tell you a little about it and get some hands-on time. Uh, Samsung and I have been talking. We're working on that. We'll get some some news to you guys as soon as we can. So I want to hear from you. Is this appealing or do you wish you had a flip phone? Because if so, Samsung announced one of those too. All right, so Samsung did decide to announce a flip phone. We all actually knew they were going to announce a flip phone, so this wasn't exactly a surprise. However, it's called the Z Flip or Z Flip, depending on which part of the world you live in, and it's going to come in three different colors, purple, black, and gold. Now we just spoke about the Motorola Razr a couple of weeks ago, so we've seen this whole return back to flip phones. We know that this is really stemming from the fact that we can now fold screens. That technology now exists. Galaxy, ha- uh, sorry, Samsung had the Galaxy Fold last year. Um, it had some major issues. It seems like they resolved those. It was selling for a super expensive price, uh, and now they're bringing, I guess, their second foldable to market in a flip phone. And I love the fact that they're doing this. I actually think flip phones make sense. We were just talking about the Ultra, which has a massive screen, but if you folded it in half, it actually isn't so bad to carry around in the pocket. And then when you open it, it's a decent sized phone to use. I think the fold was a little too big and we'll talk about that. But when we think about this here, we're talking about a device that has a 6.7 inch screen. So obviously, fold it in half, that thing disappears in your pocket, even if it's probably in your top pocket, if that's what people still want to do. Uh, I love this. And, and when you think about the whole technology here, it's actually a glass screen and they've made a screen that's glass that will fold. The Motorola Razr uses a plastic screen. And I think that's a little bit different. On the outside, when you do have it closed, you've actually got a very, very small, I think it's a one one inch or 1.1 inch uh, display that will show you who's calling, it will show you notifications and things like that. So you don't have to actually flip it open to see the that situation. Obviously runs Android and things like that. There is there is really not that much more to talk about this device, except for the fact that it's a phone that folds in half. There isn't, there isn't some wow features about it. It's got a 10 megapixel camera inside. It's got a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera on the back and a 12 megapixel uh, wide angle camera on the back, if that's what you need. However, what we're really talking about here is bringing this nostalgia factor back and having people flip phones shut. If that's something you're into, fine. I think this will be extremely expensive when it comes to Australia. We don't have pricing on this yet. Um, however, that based on specs, it's probably going to be more expensive than it should be. If this wasn't a foldable, it would be a probably a $1,000 phone. The fact that it folds in half may push it into the $2,000 mark. When you think about the Motorola Razr, $2699 in Australia, uh, you can expect this to probably be very similar, maybe 2500 maybe even more. Now, the reason I say maybe even more is it is actually because it's got more gear. It's got a lot more gear. The screen is actually probably going to be a whole lot better too. Um, they haven't even announced a date as to when this will come. I expect they'll separate the launches. They wouldn't want this to launch on the same day as the S20, mainly because on the day the S20 launches, Samsung probably wants them to talk about the S20. If they launch it on the same day as the Flip, Pretty good chance the flip's the one that's going to get all the camera time and the S20 will just sort of sit in the shade and it doesn't deserve to be that way. So my, my biggest question here, and we, and I love the fact that there is this screen technology that can now fold, but there is there must be a reason as to why we stopped with flip phones in the first place. It wasn't surely just the fact that we realized that we could have a big screen and it looked like a candy bar and we were happy to just have that. There must be a reason why we at some point in the 90s or the early 2000s decided, nah, I'm sick of folding this thing shut. Could it be that when I wanted to take a phone call, I physically had to open a device so I can hold a piece to my ear and a piece towards my mouth? I still think that that while I love this nostalgia factor and I will enjoy closing a phone shut to hang up, the physical element actually is higher. Answering a call on a typical, say, iPhone, I push, I tap the screen. I I tap the screen with my finger. With this, I need to use my whole hand, maybe even two hands, to whip this thing open so I can then answer it, talk to somebody, and then close it again to hang up. Like, what the heck? I have a feeling that we're doing this for the fun factor, and I think the fun factor will wear off pretty quick when the credit card bill comes in and we really we spent too much on a phone that we should have left behind a long time ago. So I'm, I'm going to be skeptical until I actually try it, but I'm just going to have to wonder, we must have moved on for a reason. And back then, yes, I had a Motorola flip phone a long time ago. My phone after that was not a flip phone. So why did we do that? It must have been because we wanted to see all of our content straight away without having to physically open it. It's why I don't have one of those, those cases that look like a wallet. I know a lot of people like to do that. They have their cards fold into their phone case and they flip this thing open and that's almost a flip phone in itself. So maybe it's a market for them. However, you can't put your cards in there. So I don't know. Let me know what you think. Are you excited for the Z Flip? This is why I left this one till last because I'm not that hyped about it. I'm cool about it. I think it will be nice to check out. I just don't think I would ever open my wallet for the Z Flip. All right. Now, you would remember that when we had the Motorola Razor discussion, I interviewed I interviewed the guys from Motorola about it. I got some really good feedback about the interview side of things, and I'm going to do more of it. Uh, I have lined up two or three interviews already um, for future episodes. Uh, one of them is someone you would have seen on television before. Um, another one is someone who's going to talk to me about the NBN. The reason I'm coming to tell you, and I'm actually very open about all this stuff, um, is I actually want to hear from you guys NBN, if I tell you I'm interviewing someone, I can't really say who, but if I tell you that I'm interviewing someone about the NBN, what would you want to know? What would you want to be unpacked in that discussion? Now, I usually would probably be a 10 minute maximum interview because I try and keep these podcasts relatively short. However, let me know. And you can put it in a DM. You can email me. You can easily find ways to contact me. Uh, The NBN, what do you want to know if you could ask anybody about the NBN who potentially has authority in that space? Uh, Let me know. What are your questions? What are your complaints? Let's ask the person the questions. Um, I'm looking forward to putting more interviews in. And also, let me know if there is someone out there or a company or a, a person, whatever it is, that you would love to hear more from? Who could I interview that I haven't thought about? And I, I've got a long list, but I would love to hear from you guys as to who you would love to hear interview on Technology Uncorked. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I could be recording this in Europe. I don't know. And I could be recording it in Australia. Um, you'll f- certainly find out. Uh, Monday is when I'm meant to fly out. So if you see a tweet or an Instagram from me on Monday, you'll know whether I'm at home or if I'm in the air. Thanks for listening, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye-bye.